everyone, and welcome to One Control Four Podcast, episode 235. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today, talked about video games. It's going to be kind of a light week this week, although I, I feel like I say that almost every week, and then I go like on some 15-minute rant about pack and roll or something, and then the podcast ends up being like 45 minutes long. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but I've just been a little busy, so I haven't had a ton of time to, to, to work on or, or really play a lot of games. I'll talk a little bit about what I've been working on probably towards the end of the uh, the, the podcast itself. Uh, but the one game I did go ahead and play this week is I went ahead and played Trine. Uh, I had a uh, the, the group of friends. We had enough people going out for the holidays that we were able to gather together three people. And then that is um, that is the, the Trine group right now. So if you don't know what Trine is, it's this kind of like 2D cooperative, uh, I guess you could say platformer, where each character, each player plays as different characters. You have like a wizard, uh, a warrior, and like a archer. And uh, you essentially, it's not, depends on the class you play, but it's not like a super combat focused game. It's more about like learning how to navigate the environments and things like that. So the warrior has like the ability to like put out his shield and characters can jump off his shield. You can also like suck in certain things with the shield and shoot it back out. Um, there's a lot of like physics based kind of stuff with the game as well. The archer has like a grapple hook so she can kind of swing around and stuff. And then the wizard uh, can create like different kind of uh, shapes in the environment. So they can be like square boxes or like long platforms and things like that. Um, so you're usually just kind of like using the skill set that you have to kind of go forward. I will say in playing three player, like every character has the ability to or seems to have the ability to kind of progress on their own, essentially. So there's almost always a way for that character to get through if they need to. Um, so it does make it, the game feel a little like maybe it's not like it's fully utilizing your skills or at least not asking for you to use them in particular ways. But you do still need to use those skills to get get past. So you just kind of kind of like fit your skill set to like progress far enough and when you're the wizard you know you have the ability to like build paths for everybody so people can kind of like follow you although since you're building out those objects uh it does take longer versus someone like just like using the grapple hook to grab on so this is a pretty like i feel like early um digital download game uh, i could be wrong i don't remember the year it came out but but that kind of like first to second generation of um kind of big like xbox live arcade uh games and and psn games so we were playing the i think it's called the enchanted edition which i think added the online multiplayer so we we're playing it on pc and it definitely feels like that era of digital download where it feels very budget very low quality overall um but like the the, the core idea is neat and the fact that you could get it for like a relatively you know affordable price was like a, enough i think to some degree so it's maybe not super super special today and playing it, um, but it is it is kind of still a fun little thing to mess around with. We did end up buying buying the um, collection that's on Steam, so I, I guess we're gonna be playing more of those. I think there's four games in total. The second one I think is more or less kind of the same type of game. The third one I believe into integrates like third person act elements, so you have more like a full 3D space you're interacting with. And then I think the fourth one went back to the side-scrolling uh, focus because I think no, uh, I don't think the third one was received particularly well. So it's uh, it, it sounds like we'll probably try to play some more in the future, but we'll we'll see. It depends on kind of how the the uh, game group goes. I know holidays are kind of a big thing right now, so depending on who's available, different people might jump into different things. But it sounds like trying might be somewhat consistent for at least the next couple months here. Trying three is definitely the one I'm most interested in checking out. Um, at, at some point here, but it, it, it's not like a super strong desire I have. It's just like out of the, the three games that come after this, this game seems like the one that would be the most interesting to me personally. So 
And that's really all I kind of played. I was going to play some more Nintendoji this week, but what I decided to do um, is kind of take the same approach I've been taking to Sparkling Feather, where I was like, you know, um, the actual, like, actually playing this game um, is a little challenging in, in Japanese. So how can I essentially set it up so the, the like, it's easier to, to reference stuff while while we're while I'm playing. Um, there are like maybe 40 to 50 items in Tendoji, and the game is very much reliant on you having the capability to to utilize those different items effectively. Um, and so I kind of want to create some kind of like chart or something that helps you know identify those items, what they do, so it's easier to kind of parse what options are available to you. Um, obviously, on my own, I've kind of found ways to deal with this. I've beat the game at this point. Um, there's just more floors that I want to kind of check out. There's like, I think up to 100 floors, if I recall correctly. Um, maybe not 100, but there's a lot of floors. Um, but uh, the, yeah, so there's, there's um, so I was like, maybe I'll make a chart. And so it makes it so I can easily reference these kind of cards and things like that. And then so when I do do my Nintendo G video, I can make that available for if anybody wants to, you know, follow my footsteps and play Nintendo G. I'd imagine most people don't want to play Nintendo G, but it's because uh, it is a, a, a challenging game to play in Japanese for sure, because it is very heavily inventory based. But uh, I would like to to have that option available to people. And it, for the for the second half of the game, it'd be nice to be able to like build out something and test to make sure that it's actually helpful rather than just make something and assume that it might be helpful um, without actually utilizing it myself kind of thing. So I built a little bit of that out. It's not nearly anywhere done. It's basically all I did is I, and I will say I'm not making like exact translation of these items and stuff. I am basically piecing together my knowledge and like machine translation to put together a list of things. So, you know, if you see something on there in the future, just know that that's not me being like, yeah, this is the most accurate way to say this. It's like, no, this is just like what identifies it the best for, for somebody who, who doesn't, you know, doesn't speak Japanese or something. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm hoping to get Nintendo G done sometime early next year. Um, maybe shooting for like a February kind of thing, but I also have that panel that's going to be coming up around that time. If I get accepted, I haven't submitted yet. I need to figure that out. I'm getting to the point where I think maybe I don't want to do a PCFX panel um, just because there's a lot of PCFX stuff coming up. Well, I've done a lot of PCFX stuff and I don't know how much more value there is in me, at least from a YouTube perspective, in terms of continuing to do like general PCFX stuff without focusing on individual games. Individual games, English guides for them, 100%. There are some specific topics I'd like to touch on, um, but but nothing that's like going to be... I don't really want to just talk about the PCFX generally anymore because there's enough, you know, resources for that now between not only, you know, myself, um, but also Video Game Esoterica did a PCFX series that does a pretty good job of explaining that. Um, there's... I forget there's one other uh, company that had like a very or one other YouTube channel that had like a very pretty good breakdown of it. I don't know. It might be called like PCFX. The more you know, I don't remember the channel name, unfortunately. So, um, so, you know, from a from a panel perspective at a con, it's definitely probably appealing to some degree and maybe it's worth just doing. But in terms of recording it and everything, I don't know how much value there'd be in that. So I don't know. I'm still pondering that, but I got to figure that out before the end of December uh, this this month. So. 
Um, one thing I did do is I did buy some stuff. I probably shouldn't have, but I did. Um, so I got my, my Nintendo rewards. If you don't know, with uh, Nintendo, you still can get like those Club Nintendo style rewards. They're just not always super exciting. Um, so I had like, I think it was like a thousand coins that were going to expire this year. So I was like, okay, well, I, if I'm going to use these, I might as well use them now. So I went and got some WarioWare buttons, which are based off the most recent WarioWare. I think there's like four buttons in there. It has like Wario... Mona, the ninja guy, I think, and then uh, maybe like, is it nine volt or something like that? But, but I think that's the four buttons on there. So I got that. And I also got um, the uh, Piplup like phone ring thing, which I will tell you, being somebody who does not use phones for much other than just like browsing Twitter, I don't really know the value of a phone ring. I, the, 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 idea i think behind it is to give you more like stabilization so you can hold on to a phone better by using this ring essentially but i don't really that's not something i've really had a problem with per se so it's kind of like okay i i guess this but it is a cute one it's just basically pip plops butt if you don't know that's a pokemon a little penguin pokemon so it's like i'll get pip plops butt so i bought bought well, I, I redeemed Piplup's butt. Um, you know, you do have to pay shipping still, but there was something on the Nintendo store I wanted to go ahead and buy. I won't say what it is yet. It'll be a surprise. So, so I did go ahead and buy that on the Nintendo store. Um, I also went ahead and went to uh, Retro City Games locally here again. I just was like, eh, I was talking to somebody about Retro City Games. I was like, I kind of want to go back there again just to check in. Um, they did have like a big trade-in thing that happened a while ago. So um, I was I was kind of waiting to see if any of that stuff dispersed into their inventory. Um, and then also it was like, uh, I think it was like Sunday on the Black Friday weekend that I went. So, or, or yeah, Sunday. Um, so I was like, okay, well, like, uh, well, I didn't go there with the intention of, of that Black Friday thing, but it got, I think like everything was like 20% off in the store or something like that, or at least the standard stuff. I don't know if they give you 20% off on like some big name, you know, high value item or something like that. Um, but I did uh, go ahead and pick up a game called New International Track and Field, which is a Konami game based off the Track and Field series, I'd imagine. Um, I just had never heard of it before. Uh, the, the box uh, has like a very sumo digital look because, hey, sumo digital worked on it. So you ever saw that like puzzles uh, or puzzle fighter game on mobile phones that everybody kind of hated the art style for? It looks a lot like that, actually, uh, visually. So I want to check that out at some point. I just had never heard about the game. It was like five bucks. So I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? DS game I never heard of. That's how I got Windy X Wyndham for $5. And guess what? I did not like Windy X Wyndham. But I do like that Windy X Wyndham is a part of my life. I'm glad that it's there. I just don't ever want to play it ever again, hopefully. <laughs> and I also don't recommend anybody ever play Windy X Wyndham. Um, I also got Spy Games Elevator Mission, which is a very shovelware looking title. It was put up by UFO on the system, but it looked on the back of the box and it looked kind of, it looked kind of neat. It had a very like arcade on rail shooter kind of look. Um, reading the text on the back of the box, it sounds like basically uh, it's like a run based game. So you go into a building and you basically go between different rooms and stuff like that. Um, and there's only one building. Like, I don't think there's any other additional levels in the game. So all the variety that happens is within the, the, that building itself. And there's no like major load times to my understanding. So you just kind of like 
move around this this like I think it's like forty floors maybe potentially. Uh, all of this is just like all from the memory of looking at the back of the box kind of thing. So I have not tried it yet. I did look up IGN's review, which gave it a hot two point five out of ten. So I was like, oh yeah, baby, I'm in for a run. <laughs> um, but I do want to try to check that out at some point. I don't know quite when yet, but I would like to give that a go. I assume it's probably a shorter game. Um, given given that description, but who knows? Maybe it's one of those games that you gotta play over and over and over again until you until you're good enough to finish. Spy games, elevator mission, or it'll be like Battle Rage, where I'll never. Well, I was gonna say never want to finish Battle Rage, but I essentially 100%ed Battle Rage. So, whoops. Um, you know, these, these kind of games are, are fun to sift through. Um, they may not be the best things ever. And in some cases they might be bad, but it's kind of interesting to learn about them. Um, and then sometimes you're finding like some cool stuff like Kikaishi is the big one that recently that I was like, I really liked Kikaishi despite, you know, mechanically it being very simple and, and lengthwise, it's also really short. Um, but if you're not like thinking about value so much when it comes to buying games and things like that, it is a fun little like two to three hour thing to just kind of like run through real quick. So, and that's pretty much it for, for buying stuff. Um, I do have some stuff I was personally looking on a little bit. So I was working on a, a video. Um, I think I've talked about it before of where I was talking about basically, uh, how I buy games or how I, how I decide what games to buy and things like that. Um, and more or less they'll probably be positioned as like a, how I buy games on a budget kind of video. There are some things in there that are more general that are not necessarily budget. It is a video that kind of is maybe still, even in its final state, uh, kind of searching for its actual topic. Um, but the reality is it's like overarching. It's talking about getting games on a budget and then just trying to stay out of other people's lanes in terms of like, you know, what they're, what they're looking at and what people are buying to just make sure you're constantly kind of moving away from other people. So you don't end up in these situations where you're like stuck in a, in a market where everything's super expensive and it gets like, gets you down on things. Right. Also keeping like a generally positive mindset about collecting as a whole. So that's kind of what the video is about. I was thinking about maybe launching it sometime in December, especially since the PCFX video was like in August, but I have decided that we will be launching it um, in early January. Um, I don't know if that's the first week of January, the second week of January, but it'll be one of those two. So that will be coming up there. And then uh, and then that's like an actual scripted video and everything. Maybe not the as 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 polished as it could have been, but it was originally a video that was, I was meant to put together like fairly quickly and get it out in like September or October, but then things just, life happened, right? And so things just got out of hand and I didn't get to do that, unfortunately. So it's, um, I enjoyed it overall, I think, and I, and I do enjoy the video itself. Um, I don't really think, I think that, that, that market of video is so, um, heavily, uh, covered at the moment that it's probably not going to get a lot of attention. Um, but the reason I make most of my videos, if I do a video that's like a heavily covered space already, is because I feel like I have at least something personally that I that I can add to that conversation. So even if it doesn't get a lot of views, it at least puts another viewpoint out there that uh, that you that, you know, can help some people, I hope so. Who knows? Maybe it'll be that all, all the stuff you've already heard. But like, I just I was watching a bunch of collector YouTube channels. And I was like, nobody's really like, talking about the way I play or I buy games that much. Um, they definitely kind of skim up against it and touch it a little bit, but I don't know if anybody really goes as hard into my kind of specific um, approaches to buying games. So, so that's coming up. Um, I did, one thing I did want to try to do with that 
is integrate some camera footage. So, you know, I've had a webcam for a very long time, but it's very hard to use that for more dynamic shots. Um, also, just a lot of issues with like lighting and things like that. And hey, lighting is still an issue. My house is very dark. Um, outside of the like four lights I have blasted on me right now, essentially, um, that are essentially, unfortunately, kind of mounted to my desk for all intents and purposes. Um, I, I do not have a lot of lighting in my house and it, it's not only from a personal perspective, I would prefer it to be brighter, but also from a recording perspective, uh, it makes camera quality not be so great. I forget my camera, uh, the camera I have, but it's like some kind of Sony. It's like $230 or something like that. So it is on the cheaper end, but everyone I had like looked at reviews online basically seemed to be fairly positive on it and, and pretty much, you know, was, was saying that, you know, for, for the price range you're at. This is going to be probably one of the best things you can get. Um, but I just found when I was like recording in my house, it was incredibly, incredibly grainy. And I assume that's 100% because I don't have enough light, essentially. So that's a problem that I got to figure out and solve. I did find ways for this video particularly to kind of select specific bits of footage that I could kind of smooth out a little bit so it didn't look so bad. Um, it does not look great still, but I wanted to still include it just because I'm trying to work on maybe including some more of that kind of stuff in in videos, um, but I did kind of forfeit some particular um, shots that I wanted to do because of just how bad it looked, um, especially with like large spaces of flat color. The graininess was super, super apparent. So uh, in that video, you will see a little bit of me uh, around, um, but at the same time, I still got to kind of figure out the lighting situation. So and, and I will be probably having to buy um, some lights coming up. I just don't know what yet, because right now I've been so focused on lights at my desk for streams and podcast stuff that I haven't thought about lights elsewhere so I can record and having them be portable, right? So, and I also, like, I don't live in, like, a huge space, so, like, having these big lights around might be kind of a, a pain, so I want to keep everything as compact as possible so I don't have to worry too much about it. Um, so I just got to do research, but lighting is one of those things that I just have no real experience with. It's like audio as well. I don't really have a lot of experience with audio. So whenever I do those kind of things, it's just a lot of work that's not very fun. And, and yes, it gives me better video quality at the end of the day, but it's a little hard to justify at times spending a ton of money because what I care most about is showing you game footage. So I can spend a lot of money there and feel good about it. Most other things, if I spend a lot of money on it, I don't feel as good about it because I don't really feel like I know what I'm doing with a lot of it. So I got to kind of like guesstimate on what I should be doing with lighting and things like that. So... At this point, what I basically have with my current lighting setup is just like two lights up here, like one to my right and then one on my floor, um, basically. And, you know, it's it's not the greatest setup. It's all very, uh, let's say, uh, I don't know what the word would be, thrown together. <laughs> but it's worked me, for me for the last couple of years. At least it like lights me up enough, right? So, so hopefully I can figure out some situation without having to, you know, blow out my bank account or have a bunch of lighting equipment around that I don't know where to put it ever. So uh, in terms of game news this week, there wasn't anything super deep I want to talk about. Some of these are just uh, uh, release date things. Paper Mario is getting added to the Nintendo Online uh, Expansion Pass service. So this is the first Nintendo 64 game being added uh, to that Switch Online service. It's not out till I think, December 10th. So I'll be curious to kind of watch and see how people react to that, given how bad Ocarina of Time specifically was received, but then how good other games were received. So we'll see. I think at this point, it's kind of a dice roll whether or not a game will be a in a good shape when it comes out on there. And I do not think Nintendo cares that much because... 
you know, their their core audience played Ocarina of Time on Nintendo Switch. It was like, cool, fine, good. And then a bunch of nerds on the internet were like, input lag, like me. And then I like won't, like I cannot play it because <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> so, so yeah, but you know, people like me have ways to play that game, right? Um, but anyway, so that's, that's kind of neat that it's coming up here. Just would like a faster rollout of that stuff. But you know, I, I don't know what work they're putting into it. But the, the, the trickle of 64 games is always the trickle of any virtual console service from Nintendo is always just kind of a pain. I wish they just were a lot quicker about putting stuff out, but I realize that's not their focus or whatever. So they don't really put a ton of time into it, I'd assume, or or budget either. Um, I imagine with like the current like subscription setup, though, like they're probably making way more money than they were just off like uploading virtual console games independently in the past. So. Uh, 13 Sentinels is getting a Nintendo Switch release. This is kind of interesting to me because I feel like 13 Sentinels did not particularly do super well. I think if I recall correctly, it sold maybe like half a million units or maybe less than that, um, which is to me in the modern day feels like a very low number. However, you know, depending on the budget the game had and everything, it could be different. But that game was in development hell for so long. I'd imagine they needed more money to, you know, essentially you know, at least break even, but who, who can say they were like touting their sales numbers. So I assume it was successful despite seeming like a very low number. Um, but anyway, so that's going on Nintendo switch. I don't think I'll ever play 13 Sentinels. I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast before something about that game just rubs me wrong. And I think it's a vanillaware thing. I think at this point, I'm just not very, a huge fan of vanillaware games. And when I see that look and aesthetic, I'm just like, eh, I don't want anything to do with this. Um, I don't know if that's actually what the problem is, but I do know that my my dislike of that game, and or not dislike, but my my uninterest in that game or, or lack of interest um, is is probably largely due to the fact that I just look at it and just go like, eh, I don't like I don't have a lot of logic behind it. I just look at it and shrug my shoulders, basically. So I know people love that game, though, so I hope you like it. But I'm not like somebody who's like, oh, yeah, I wish they did more Dragon's Crown or something like that, like that because I also didn't like did not like Dragon's Crown. Uh, I also did not like Odin Sphere as much either. I think at the time I enjoyed it, but when I look back at it, I'm like, actually, that game's not great. <laughs> um, but or at least I did not like it very much, I should say. It's not that I don't think it's not great. People love those games, right? I don't know why I have such a problem with them and they don't like connect with me. Uh, I think if I were to play any Vanillaware game, it'd be the Mursama or what's it called? Muramasa the Demon Blade, that's what it's called. I think I would play that at this point. That seems like probably most of my alley, but at this point, I don't know. I've played three of their games. None of them ever really are two of them. Two of their games. Neither of those really, really gelled with me. Obviously, 13 Sentinels is a different kind of game, but I don't know. I've got enough video games going on that I'm not going to like stress too much over the fact that I look at this one video game and like am irrationally, you know, dismissive of it. <laughs> so... I hope you guys like it. I hope it sells well. I hope people enjoy it. I hope Vanillaware sticks around. Um, this last news story here is is kind of old, actually. I just kind of missed it, but I was kind of interested. Like, I forget what what triggered this. I think I was looking at some military shooter or something, and I was like, "What is Six Days in Fallujah coming out?" Because I was pretty sure it's coming out this year. And when I looked up the release date on uh just like general Google, it said it's coming out December 2021. It's like, there's no freaking way Six Days in Fallujah is coming out December 2021. Um, so apparently they delayed that game till Q4 2022, basically said that they doubled their development team size and they also, and they wanted to kind of essentially get the game up to a higher production level, essentially. So it sounds like they're still pushing forward on that. I will also probably say, 
and I don't want to talk too much about any of the like actuality of this at all and stuff like that. Like I don't know anything about war and stuff like that, but I'm going to take a strong guess that with the whole thing that happened with the U.S. and Afghanistan uh, earlier this year, maybe not necessarily like the prime time to put out a game about being in the war, a war in the Middle East. Now, Middle East is like Iraq, I believe. So it's not like specifically Afghanistan, but I'm just like, maybe this is not the year for that. So um, I'm going to guess uh, there was a kind of a couple different re- reasons why they pushed it back. But, you know, if they, if, I assume they got some new investment if they're like double the team they used to be. So somebody cared enough to put more money into that thing. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I know the first footage they showed off looked pretty rough in a very like original Xbox, like simulation military shooter kind of way where like it just did not have the budget and maybe the like design qualities behind a more um, traditional like at the time, like a Halo, I guess, right? Or or, or Call of Duty to some degree. Although even Call of Duty is kind of janky back then, to be honest with you. Um, but but it looked kind of like that kind of era of like original Xbox military shooter in terms of how it felt and controlled visually. I did not play it. Um, so I'll be curious to see what that thing looks like once it gets to the other side of, of that development process. So, Yeah. Shorter podcast this week, but thank you guys so much for coming. Uh, so as I mentioned earlier, new video is basically done. That's going to be in uh, early January. Um, I recorded a multi-tap podcast episode. Um, so that's going to be coming out in the second half of January. It is going to be PCFX related again. Um, however, I specifically wanted to kind of avoid just doing a general walkthrough of the platform. Um, so I'll you know get a bit more specific as I kind of narrow the date on that of what that, that is. Um, so that'll be coming up, uh, probably maybe late January, mid to late. Um, and maybe I shouldn't make any promises, but, but that, that will be my goal for now. Um, in terms of streams coming up, we have, uh, we're going to hopefully, we were supposed to finish up sort of materia this week. That did not happen. Hopefully finish up sort of materia or last week, rather, hopefully finish up sort of materia this week. Um, if we finish sort of materia, I don't know what we're doing after that. I got to figure that out. Maybe we'll play some spy games, elevator action or whatever it's called. Um, so, so yeah, we'll see, but we're going to, I would assume we're probably going to review the game this week. So if you want to review sort of a Tyria with us, please come and we'll go over our little review process thing. Um, I do need to kind of figure out the Christmas stream kind of thing. I was debating maybe making the Cabela survival stream, the Christmas stream. I don't know for sure if that's going to be the case. I got to make that decision before next week though. So I'll let you know. Or the end of this week, I guess to say it's so hard when I'm recording this on the weekend and I'm like, oh, next week. But no, it's for you guys. It's Monday. So it's this week. So I'll try to make a decision before the end of this week on on that. Um, and yeah, I think that's going to be it. You know, one thing, one side note real quick, because we got a little extra time at the end of this podcast. I like I mean, I've been I'm I like Christmas. Christmas is a cool time of year. I enjoy it. I like all the holiday stuff and music this year. I was like, let me look at these like. Christmas video game music playlists that come up on the internet all the time. I always get them recommended to me this time of year and stuff, and I never click on them. Um, so I was like, let me just go down the hole and like see what are in these. And like, it's kind of crazy just like how much overlap there is between like the Christmas video game music and all those different playlists. They, they share a lot of the same music, which I mean, is probably expected, right? 
Um, but but I was kind of surprised just like how much overlap and how Nintendo focused they all are. They're all very, very Nintendo focused. There was a Sega one, but it was a very low number of Sega uh, of number of views. So Sega Christmas did not seem super desirable at the very least. So. Yeah, those have been kind of fun to listen to. I would kind of like to make my own Christmas playlist, not to put out publicly. Like, I don't need to put out more random garbage. I'm always already doing random garbage all the time and throwing it up on YouTube. <laughs> so, uh, but but I thought about putting my own, like, video game Christmas playlist together kind of thing just for myself. I don't know if I'll actually do that. I'm, I, I keep busy enough with other things, so... Yeah, but anyways, I think that's going to be it. Um, so thanks for coming. OneControlBoard.com is the website. And I think I don't really have anything else to say other than just uh, last week I had the PCFX, or, yeah, PCFX panel that went up. So if you want to check that out, that is up there. Again, I'll do one last plug here for the for the PokePuff podcast uh, or Princess Pokey. That was the week before that if you want to check that out. And then this week we got Totally Spies, Totally Party casual review coming up. So if you want to learn about that game on the Wii... You can do that with me on YouTube. I was going to say youtube.com slash one controller port, but that's not the URL. <laughs> the URL is just like a random string of numbers. But you can go to the website too at onecontrollerport.com and it'll link you to the YouTube video because definitely my, my YouTube, my website is not just a shell for YouTube now. <laughs> so anyways, that's it. Thank you guys and hope you have a great week. Bye.